Welcome back to the PDA Poddammit Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Hughes. I have two fellow playoff GMs with me. I've got Corey from Cascadia, and I've got Bill from Long Island. Uh, obviously, Bill's been uh, enjoying those Long Islands as uh, he had a first-round bye. Corey and myself had to uh, scrap tooth and nail to make it to the second round. Gentlemen, how you guys doing? Doing well. Good to be here. Um, I'm all doing all right, right myself. I don't know if you guys uh, really had a scrap by. I mean, Cascadia swept the injury real yeah, clone so. team. And they I were think all close you, teams, so. Well, I know. Yeah, I'm they just, were close teams. I, I, I couldn't believe how, ma- how many injuries his team had, like insignificant injuries. It, it, was a, it was a rough year. I mean, that's why I say like every year, like nobody wants to use the injury excuse Right. Because like we've all went through it at some point, if you've played in the league more than three or four years, I mean, I'm dealing with injuries right now, pretty significant injuries, but I wouldn't say that they're on the same level as Mark's. So I totally get what you're saying. I mean, when you're, when, you know, basically half of your offensive production is on the DL, like it's pretty hard to compete. Like that's not the 90 win team. Yeah. Um, oh, that, for sure. I mean, it was like it. his two through six hitters or something, or two right. through five, but I guess. It was crazy. At the same time, I do want to give Corey major kudos because they came in as a quote-unquote heavy underdog, even though they had the home field advantage, and he took care of business, and he did so in four games. Corey, what was your mindset um, heading into that matchup with Cologne? I mean, a lot of people, you know, including myself, like, I really thought this was probably a, a six or seven game series. I, I you, you kicked my fanny uh, last year. <laughs> so you clearly, you clearly shine in the playoffs. But what was your, what was your kind of thought process going into the, the playoff versus Cologne? Well, I mean, first off, I didn't want to like galaxy brain it. I didn't really want to make too many changes. We had a team that was playing pretty well. So I wanted to kind of minimize any changes that I was making to my roster. Um, and then I took a look at Cologne and I thought that they had a very left-handed, uh, heavy lineup. So I wanted to try and get my lefty starters, um, to, to open the series. Um, unfortunately the, the manager made a different pick for game two and went with Bowdry, which I'm not complaining about, but I would have liked to start with two lefties. Cause I thought that was a real weakness for his team. Um, and that was the two things that I kind of went in with. Don't mess it up and just try and uh, throw a lot of lefties out of my I put a, an extra lefty arm in my bullpen as well. So, yeah, I just tried to play to that. Yeah, one of the things that I – I mean, the one the one thing that I have to I have to really give you, like, major props on is, I mean, a month ago right now, nobody was talking about Cascadia even making the playoffs. You made a hell of a push the last month to put yourself yeah. in the position that you were in. And then to see the – like, you know, in my opinion, the dominance that you displayed the first round of the playoffs. I mean, you only had one game where they scored more than three runs. I mean, quality start after quality start, being able to put those back to back to back and, and get out of their four Oh, it really sets you up in a position now versus Vancouver where you're right back at the top of your rotation. You have all your arms fresh. And um, I would assume in your opinion, like you're in a pretty good spot. Um, I still think I'm a huge underdog, to be honest with you. Uh, we lost uh, probably our team MVP in Wilpert Bruner, who is a all-world shortstop. And, and yeah, that, that, that hurts us a lot. Um, I, I think I'm in real tough against Vancouver, if I'm being honest with you. Um, yeah. 
Okay. And, and I, and I definitely appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I was, I, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the injuries when we, when we hit the, uh, the division round, but I do want to continue with the wild card round. And I want to, I want to swing, swing around the horn now to uh, the commish who is actually here, Gary, you had, um, I think most people would agree probably the most back and forth series, um, with Oakland. Um, I mean, there were several times where it looked like, okay, Oakland's just going to take this and you fought back, kind of went back and forth overall. What, what was your thoughts on how your team performed? Um, I mean, they really, this was kind of a magical season in a year where there was a lot of turmoil for the bombers. Well, welcome everybody. And thanks for having me. And uh, I'm just I'm looking at the uh, the other participants and wondering why I'm the only loser here. But whatever, um, yeah. Um, I you thought were the it was that accepted. They've been asked. <laughs> <laughs> it was you know what it was it was it was an interesting series and it started out that way right from the start. Um, I I ambushed Bob's team in the first game, putting up four runs. And then he comes up with seven and I'm right away. I'm saying, okay, this, this is not going to be easy. Not that I thought it would be, (laughs) but I ended up pulling it out in the 10th and I'm like, all right, you know what? I did score eight runs. And then the next game, all right, we don't want to hit really. And, you know, they jump out to with two runs. I get two. they get another one. They add on. And then the second game was much like the fifth game. It was 2-2, 3-2, 4-2, 2 Here it was 2-0, 2-2. They put up a two-spot, one in the ninth in the last game. The one that really, I think, set the tone of the series for them was the third game. 13-2 was the final, and I think he hit six or seven home runs in that game, and it was just – it was like every time I turned around, it was like another ball going another 400 feet. And it was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not hitting and he's crushing the ball. It, and it was like, I just I just don't see this ending well. And I, I felt fortunate to go back, you know, to New York in game six. I just didn't feel good about the next three games, you know, winning those three, five, six and seven. And I got lucky because in the in the fifth game I got a three run homer by Wilcott in the in the eighth inning to pick me up by the bootstraps. So I'm lucky to even see a sixth game. But he had a great team. I mean, he's not far removed. And even though he was selling off, he ended up picking up Nate Cole, and I'm not sure if he pitched at all. And he picked up uh, Tim Johnson, who I know all too well. So it's, it's, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting series with Oakland and Montana for sure. Yeah. You know, the, the one thing, the one thing that I will say about your specific series that uh, I found, if you will, the irony in it, and you kind of already have alluded to it is I felt like the two guys that were former bombers really set the tone and really kind of hurt your chances as much as anybody and George Brett who had three home runs and seven RBIs and Tim Johnson who had three home runs and five RBIs. I mean, these guys combined for a batting average over 300 and they had 50 at bats between the two of them. So um, 
any any regret at all about moving not not so much Johnson but about moving Brett because I know I know for a while there you know he was on your roster and you were kind of contemplating what you're going to do it definitely seems like <clears throat> he kind of figured things out and and he's kind of kind of shining bright at least for Bob and Oakland uh in the postseason well with Brett I it was a salary dump to to I, it was taking on salary to move Johnson. So that was, that was part of the Brett deal. And then moving Brett during the season, he was a sign and trade because um, he was comp eligible free agent. I was just right. looking to pick up assets for him. He was never really part of, of a long-term solution in New York. And I wasn't, I, if I, if I had the opportunity not to take him, I wouldn't have taken him. You know, because I knew it would be a headache to try and move him. Um, he didn't fit in the plans that I had. Um, so I, I, I look at him as, as purely a rental at that particular point for the season and a half he was here. Uh, Tim Johnson, on the other hand. And, and just, for, just to put things in perspective with Brett, he either hit or he didn't in this series. Um, in the first game, one for that's fair. Yeah, one for five in the first game. Oh for four in the second. I thought I had him in check. So he's hitting one eleven after the second game, and then the third game three he decides, threes. yeah, give me go three for five, followed up by by another zero for four. So after four games, he's hitting two twenty two. And then game five, he started to wake up out of his slumber. A one for four. And then I what three for five in the last one. I couldn't get him out. Yeah. Like when he made contact, he, had, he made contact. Right. I got one more question for you, Gary, because I mean, it's well documented in the PBA. Um, how much of a, a crap shoot, if you will, that, you know, trying to make the playoffs, especially for the bombers has been, I feel like you really struck gold with a couple of young guys and Glavin, Pineda, and even Moreno pitched really well for you this year. In the playoffs, though, they they didn't pitch they didn't pitch to that same potential. Any concerns there, or do you think as they continue to age and get older, that uh, they'll be they'll be better prepared the next time? Glavin was, you know, we'll touch on Glavin in a minute. Um, Moreno, I brought in I think three years ago, with this particular run in mind. I was thinking at, at the time, 28, 29 years old, I knew I had the young guys coming. I knew I could make some noise. I'd almost put myself on the same trajectory as what, what Jacob and Palmetto was doing in that we both had young kids coming up. We both had players that we felt could fit. And Marino was a stopgap. The same with what uh, uh, Watanabe. And so that's where he was. So I knew he'd be at the end of the rope and a stopgap. Glavin, on the other hand, arrived a year early. I didn't expect him this year. He was actually sent down after a miserable spring uh, to start to start the year. And I'm like, all right, he's just not there. I mean, in spring, he had two starts. He didn't even complete one of them. And, and had a 704 ERA with a 2.09 whip. 
I had a couple guys go down and I had no choice. I'm like, all right, let me call him up, see what he does. You know, like, what do I know? And, and he just took off. Um, I think he lost, let's see, he lost a start in the end of May was his first loss after five straight, uh, five wins out of six decisions. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. He was unbelievable. So he, without him, I don't make the playoffs this year, but I thought he was, I thought he was a 2030 piece. Pineda, you know what? Uh, Pineda just doesn't get any run support here. <laughs> it's, 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 it's kind of wild. Um, and I, and I, what I get one hit in the game he started. No, I didn't even No, He pitched the third game. He's the one who was giving up the bombs, but it wasn't just right. him. It wasn't just him, Hager, uh, Abdul Square. Uh, I mean, they all they they all just imploded. I mean, you're you're gonna have a bad game, all right. It's great to have them all have a bad game at the same time. And the only thing is, is if you're in a tight series where you know four wins are gonna be tough, it's tough to let the other team off the hook having to get only three tough wins. So. I mean, right. that, that, that was the only thing there. It was like, it didn't matter who I brought in. Those guys were on the crowd was raucous and boy, balls just flew out of there. <laughs> and the roof was absolutely. Closed. Let me, let me ask you guys uh, this question and uh, Bill, I'm going to start with you. Um, out of the four wild card series. Cause I, I honestly think in different ways, they were all fantastic series. What was the biggest surprise to you? Um, and it could be the way that it ended. It could be about how it played out, just whatever. What was the biggest surprise series for you? And, and what was the reasoning behind it? Uh, I, I'm probably going to say Paris only winning one game. Um, it, it's not often that you see Paris's offense just not show up for several games in a row. Um, I feel like he only had one guy that really uh, was kind of hitting. Stamp, yeah, yeah. Get that guy out. <laughs> um, you know, typically, uh, you know, in years prior, it just seemed like up and down the lineup. Uh, you know, he, he would usually have at least four or five guys kind of contributing. Uh, it just didn't seem uh, he started off good right like uh, I remember mm -hmm. in game one um, they were up big I actually had to leave um, and yeah I, I want to say he hit a grand if I remember correctly he hit a grand slam early in that game and I just thought well here we go Paris doing Paris things yeah and I think he won that one in extra innings or something um, but I think out of the out of all the series I think that was the thing that most uh, surprised me the you know the Cascadia sweep not gonna lie it, the sweep probably was a surprise but I, I just I thought Cologne was was just super beat up um, and if you take away offense against a um, you know really strong defensive team you know that's gonna be right. hard um, so that one that one didn't really surprise me but the, just Paris not showing up uh, that would probably be my biggest uh, surprise on either side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's, 
it's funny because, and I'm going to throw this to Corey, but, but I actually was going to go in the direction that you just said, which is, for me, it's got it's got to be the Cologne versus Cascadia, not that not that Cascadia won, but that Cascadia won in the fashion they did. That Cologne did not even get one game. He's the only. I can't even remember honestly the last time um, a team was swept and and got not one game in a series. Um, just completely shut down. And like you said, I totally understand that uh, Mark was in a in a bad spot there. Um, but at the same time, you got to give Corey's guys major kudos. Um, I mean, he had he had three starters, three starters throw six plus innings and 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 give up no earned runs. I mean, that's you got to you you got to give kudos where kudos are due. So that would be mine. Is that a team that ranked and once again, I understand their their offensive centerpieces were missing, but a team that ranked in the top three and runs scored basically just could not score any runs. I mean, they still had, they still had sweet, you know, they still had, um, or I said sweet, excuse me, wrong, wrong team. They still had guys on that team that um, can drive the ball. They just didn't have Mantle and Lynn, which totally understand those are major pieces, but the way that that series unfolded um, was a surprise to me. And pretty much after game two, I told Mike, when Cascadia came back and beat Cologne, um, in that game too, because I, I remember, if I remember correctly, and Corey, I'm gonna let you remind me, but I remember in that series, I want to say they were up, and I think Cascadia won that in extra innings. I remember telling Mikey, I said this game's a wrap. This is this is gonna be over in four. So that's mine. That was the biggest biggest surprise to me. Corey, what what was the biggest surprise to you in the first uh, the wild card round of the uh, playoffs? Um, yeah, I gotta. I got to agree with the Paris uh, one. That was a, that was a shocker to me. Um, don't get me wrong. I was quite surprised that I swept uh, Cologne, but uh, you know, Paris has been like the class for a while now. And yeah, I mean, not that I didn't think that uh, Seattle would give them, you know, all they could handle. I just, I did not expect Paris to go out that quietly. And uh, yeah, secondly, I mean, obviously the sweep was a, was a surprise. Um, we went into that series and kind of thought if we get our two lefties out of the gate, we might be able to ambush them, maybe get a split in the first two and then get Bowdry for game three. That, that was the thinking. And I, you know, you look at Cologne yeah. and I know they're missing their two, two leading home run hitters, but they're still number one in the offense for the, you know, French revolution league. Like I, I thought I had my hands full and I don't have a stellar bullpen. So, you know, I thought if they get to my starters and, you know, all it takes is one game where they could really, you know, shellac my bullpen. And then all of a sudden I've got no arms that to, to trot out. It could have got ugly real fast. So um, it was a surprise that it went four games. I'm happy it did. But uh, to me, the biggest surprise was Paris bowing out for sure. Technically, yeah, just, your, your bullpen just for those... is better than your starters. You're right. <laughs> And just for those that are that are interested, because I mean, I think we all know, we all talk about kind of Paris being the the dominant force, if you will, since 2022, which is nine PBA seasons. Paris has only had one year where they've won less than 99 games during that span. They've made the playoffs nine straight years, and they've won 100 plus games in five out of the last five years. So, totally agree with everything you guys said, but we also know. It is OTP, and OTP does OTP things. I think at one point, and it may have been, Bill, it may have been you that mentioned this, but I want to say at one point somebody 
um, sent me a message and said, hey, uh, not to jinx you, but I think you went 23 scoreless innings versus Paris. And I was like, oh, man, I really wish you wouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> and obviously they, they went on to win the next game. But, uh, yeah, I totally understand what you guys are saying. Um, Paris is definitely a beast. Uh, Gary, what, what's your thoughts? What was the biggest surprise in the wildcard round for you? Well, Cascadia, I think, trailed ballpark maybe five innings out of the entire series. Yeah. Which, which, which is great. I mean, you don't have any kind of pressure on you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's like the other team is always battling up uphill. So that would be one, but I'm, I'm going to say not so much. It, it's going to be Paris's pitching because that's what he builds the team around. And I mean, he gave up, I think 35 runs in the five games. Let's see. Right. It, I got 6, 20, 24, 36, 27. I got 30. Okay. I can't go. Yeah. yeah no, the fourth <laughs> game, the fourth game he won, not it. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I added the numbers in correctly. You're right. Yeah. And I did that the first time. So, I mean, that he gave up that many runs is uncharacteristic, right. especially a 14 you know, and a six to start out at home. I will tell you guys, and you know what? Um, I think you guys are the perfect people to ask this next question to, because I feel like there is times throughout the regular season where every single one of us felt really good about our team. And then at certain points, we started to probably get a little nervous. This year was, was very, very, um, there was as much parity in this year in the league as any year I can ever remember in the PBA. Um, and one of the things I found very ironic and maybe you guys felt the same way, but a couple guys that I was questioning whether or not I was even going to have them, um, on my playoff team or, or in a starter type position, um, really came up massive for me. I mean, I had, I had two rookies in, uh, Jason Lords and Ali Blakely who both played really, really pivotal key roles uh in in taking down Paris and not necessarily that I wasn't going to play them but even Jerry Ward who's had by his standards a miserable year I mean if you look at his stats miserable year um he hits 364 um with a home run versus Paris um you know as as the BH so he really had a nice year so unfortunately Bill you can mention any team you want but where your team wasn't playing i'm gonna start with the other guys Corey, who was the guy or guys in round one that um maybe you were a little nervous about or whatnot and uh really really you feel like helped kind of carry cascadia to that first round victory well i mean obviously marita won the the series mvp and that was kind of a surprise because he had been kind of scuffling all year i mean age is catching up to him so you know, going into the series, again, we're we're playing as good a defensive game as we can. We're trying to match up the lefties to his lineup. And then we're hoping that the veterans that we have, like Marita and Yount, can uh, can come through for us. And uh, fortunately for me, uh, Marita definitely did. Um, it was a surprise, but that's – OOTP is kind of a uh, an interesting game in the sense that you have these veterans who – 
you know, they go through these slumps where they really struggle, but they seem to, you know, they might only get one, go one for five in a game, but that one hit was like in the eighth inning to, you know, to tie it up. Like it's, it's, yeah, you can't underestimate the clutch factors some of these veterans have. No, you know what? That's actually a really good point. Really good point. And uh, Gary, I, I, I know that it's, it's not quite on the same, the happy context, but you know, your, your series did go six games and went more games than any other series. Um, who was the guy or guys on your, your squad that really kind of helped keep that series tight with Bob when for a while there, it looked like he was going to be quick. Oh, that would be, that would be Wilcott for sure. Um, clutch Homer in the, uh, in the eighth inning of the fifth game. And in, I think halfway through in the, in the bottom of the six to tie it up with another Homer. I mean, I had guys that shouldn't have been there, but I had no choice. Um, I lost my, my gold glove center fielder and I lost my shortstop and the, the center fielder was the bigger, was the bigger issue for me that I lost. Um, and again, injuries are part of it and it's, it's no excuse. I just didn't have a replacement. And that's, that's what it came down to. Simon went down my shortstop and I'm like, all right, you know what? I got Garcia right behind him. I have a major league caliber shortstop. Um, and when he went down, it was like, okay, I got two guys that can field. They can't hit a lick, but they can field. So I'll stick them in. And then I lost my center fielder. That one I, I didn't have. Um, right. Jaeger is nice, but he's, you know, he's nice. Um, let's see, he hit 107, you know, in 28 at bats. He can't, he, he, he can't, he can't swing a bat. He can field, but that's now two positions I'm punting. I didn't get much production from my catcher this year. So all of a sudden it's like, I got minor league hitters in there and then Salsado didn't hit Ben didn't hit. So when those two guys went down, I was lucky to hold on to second place. I didn't, I didn't expect much. I thought with the right, if I got lucky, if I got lucky in the first round, I would get one or two of them back. And that was all I could hope for, you know, just tread water long enough to get me there. And it didn't happen. Okay. Interesting. Bill, what, what's your thoughts on that specific question? When you watch the first round series, because I know you watch all the games, who, who was the uh, team or players you felt like came up really big in that round one series? Um, well, if Paris would have came back, I think it would have been that Stamps guy, but that was really only a one game. <laughs> um, I think uh, – I know it's it's tough sometimes to, you know, claim a, a, a pitcher, but I actually think uh, – like I think Chris Jacobs – uh, pitched extremely well in his two games. He actually went two and zero uh, with a one point eight three ERA. He had that game one one. game six shutout, I believe. Uh, one and one. 
He lost his second game, 2 nothing. Oh, that was the season. Well, Sorry, not the playoffs. Um, yeah, but still two runs in yeah. two games. Two runs, yeah. yeah. He, he pitched really totally well. You picked the one that. Um, let's see. There was somebody over. And, and I know you had mentioned your uh, 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 Jason Lords. He did have a rough series, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. He came out of nowhere in the second half of your, second half of your season, though, because he skyrocketed up the, the rookie of the year chart. Um, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, I know he's been doing it for a while, but I, I, I will say, like, Kenchi Morita, especially being mm-hmm. a lefty going against um, some of Cologne's, because I'm pretty sure, I'd have to look, but I'm pretty sure Cologne is very lefty heavy. Um, so, so Kenchi yeah. Morita you know, banging out, you know, the, his, uh, his series MVP. I think he hit over 400, had a couple homers, uh, eight RBIs. Uh, and for doing it at 35, that's, uh, that was, that was pretty, pretty impressive, uh, for me. His swan song, if you will. Right. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's still looking pretty good unless he's, uh, said he's retiring. He has not. No. <laughs> you know, I, it, it, it's funny because I think I think uh, one other guy that we we should probably give a little bit of love to, and if I mess up the name, please guys feel free to correct me. And it's uh, on Jacob's team as first baseman Frank Matre. Uh, he had twenty at bats and had eight hits and twenty at bats, three homers, eight RBIs. And this is another one of those series that went six. I mean, he played a massive, massive role in his team's ability to move forward. Once again, he had eight RBIs uh, in a really, really close series that, you know, I'd say honestly of all the series, um, you know, this this one in New York, I mean, you, you could pick your poison, but there was so much back and forth um, on this series. And there were so many games that were won by one or two runs um that it, it just felt, felt like that guy made a, a very very big difference so um i just wanted to quickly throw his name out there as well because i don't think jacob makes round two without uh matry uh in, in his lineup so kudos to uh palmetto um for that let's talk a little bit about the round two matchups because i think bill brought up something and i wanted to throw this out there to you guys, Corey. I know this is something you mentioned earlier as well before Gary got here. So how important are matchups? Because, uh, for example, like um, I I know, Bill, you said great, you know, and I'm paraphrasing. You tell me exactly what your thoughts are, but great. I actually play Paris much better than I play Seattle. Something like that. Corey said something to the effect of, you know, I really don't play Vancouver that well. So my question is to you guys, and Bill, I'll start with you. Like, how important are matchups? And um, if you get an unfavorable matchup, like you're saying Seattle's kind of an unfavorable matchup, um, and, and don't worry, nobody from Seattle's listening. Like, what do you do to try to mitigate that? Um. Well, uh, and I think it's interesting in terms of matchups. And the reason why I like playing Paris is I, 
in terms of matching up, I do think, like, for example, I think my park is actually beneficial to me playing Paris. Like, he has a lot of lefty hitters. Lefties don't hit very well in my park. Um, when I go to his park, it gets a little uh, more questionable. Um, but I think I, I don't I don't mind his pitching as much, even though they pitch really well. Like when I look at the, his pitchers, I feel like my guys can actually like the things that I do well as it as and they're, they're few and far between on offense. Um, I match up better, I feel like, to his pitchers. Um, okay. But like just this particular season. Uh, and I think this is what you might have uh, been hinting at. Uh, my record against Seattle is three and eight. Um, I do not have a worse record against anybody else with like a decent amount of games. Like if I went, you know, two and four against somebody else, I'm not, I'm not going to count that. Um, but eight and three is pretty much getting my ass handed to me. Um so for some reason, Seattle just has my number. Um, I'm not really sure in this particular case. Uh, like, I know I also had mentioned I don't necessarily, like, I, I don't fear Seattle, though, right? Like, I don't look at Seattle's right. team and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to pull this off? Like, when I look at Vancouver, that's what I say. Um, right. And, and, and I only say that because like, you, you know, if I don't know how often you guys look at like, you know, your team info page and you look at your ranks um, for team pitching and team batting. Um, like if you look at Vancouver, he is ridiculously good on the pitching side, but he's also ridiculously good at hitting. Like he, like there's no weakness, right? Like even yeah, your pretty team. much the only thing Jeff's yeah, pretty much the only thing Jeff's not good at is stealing bases. But when you're good at scoring runs and hitting home runs, I guess that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> right. Like I, I do like to look at a team and try to figure out if there is something that I have a chance at. Right. Like if I think a team has good pitching because they strike out a lot of people, well, I don't strike out. So. So you don't fear that where. Where if you're going up against a team, for example, like you mentioned, like, okay, this bullpen, like I'll use mine, for example, like this bullpen has the number one ERA in the league, top three in strikeouts. You're more comfortable with that because you're like, you know what, I got a bunch of guys that just don't strike out, so I know they're going to put the ball in play. Right, like you're, you're, you're actually first in strikeouts, like for least amount of strikeouts. Okay. I, I'm second. So... I think last year, I feel like I might've even been first. Like I usually try to put up a team that doesn't strike out much. Um, now I will say a lot of times, like when it comes to also like Paris, like Paris's defense is usually not like great. Like their zone rating was two, like as a team, which was seventh in the FRL. Um, at least your, like, that's kind of like my only, chance right now is is you may be having some defensive issues um and i also saw that i think you said freeman's out uh yep. freeman i actually have i have like four guys that are out and, and freeman is for what it's worth has absolutely just clobbered long island pitching so oh we're, yeah we're that, that's what i was gonna say <laughs> yeah that's what i was gonna say he uh 
interestingly enough, the two best guys against me this year are two of my inaugural draft uh, players, uh, Johnny Freeman and Chris Martin. Wow. Um, yeah, I think it was actually Chris Martin might have been my round two pick and Johnny Freeman was my first pick. Yep, you have my round one and round two of the inaugural picks. Um, so I'm kind of, that again, it, it kind of obviously helps. Um, obviously, my defense is where I got to I gotta hope plays well. Uh, to put it to put it in perspective, Cascade, you know, Cascadia is they have the second ranked defense uh, mm-hmm. at forty eight point nine zone rating, uh, which is still about thirty points away from mine. <laughs> right, right. Which, <laughs> which, let, let's let's put it in perspective though, like for those for those people out there that aren't you know aren't uh, stat nerds. 48.9 it would probably be the best in like every other league that you're playing in. Like yeah. Cascadia's defense <laughs> is like on another level, but Bill is just uber nerdy when it comes to defense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I've got, it, it's funny with, he, he had mentioned Bruner. Bruner has the highest zone rating in the FRL. Uh, I have the second, third and fourth. Um. My goal, my goal, one of these seasons is to try to get a gold glove for each infield position in the same season. Well, I know who I'm not voting for this year. So, <laughs> all right, Corey, let's come over to you. I, I appreciate that, Bill. Very candid answer, very honest answer, and Corey's in a similar boat. So, Corey, using Bill's logic, you're one in ten this year versus. Um, Vancouver. So congratulations on one of your first round series. Here's your prize. <laughs> what, what do you do with a matchup like this? And and do you think that those um, regular season matchups, do they really matter? Is it more, more indicative of, you know, for example, like the fact that your team's pretty hot right now? Like, how do you, how do you play, try to play this matchup out? Um, well, you know, Vancouver's a weird one because not just this year and yeah, going one in 10 against him, I'm, you know, basically having my lunch fed to me. It's, it, he's always seemed to have my number. Um, and I couldn't even tell you why, like he doesn't, I would like to say that, you know, you can't defend the home run, but he doesn't really hit a ton of home runs compared to some of the other teams. He just, no. it's death by a thousand cuts. He just, he, he rakes against me and then his pitching staff just shuts my lineup down. And I like to think I have a pretty balanced lineup when it comes to left, left-handed, right-handed bats, but it just doesn't seem to matter. He, he just rolls over my team easily. Um, you know, we played back in August. I got, uh, I got one out of the four games, but I didn't, need, I didn't score in the last two, and I only scored eight runs in four games. So it's just about the worst possible matchup for me. Um, and as far as, like, game planning, um, <sighs> hope and prayer and smoke and mirrors. I don't, I don't know. I I'm really hoping that the <laughs> veterans like Marita and Yount and, you know, maybe Kurt sweet gets back in on a more regular basis in this series, but like hoping the guys that have been around for a while can kind of, like I said before, uh, show some clutch hitting and, and step up um, because losing Bruner at shortstop is a huge blow for us. I mean, that's forget, you know, that he's, you know, the best defensive player in the French revolution league, but I just don't have a lot of, depth for middle infielders that I, I feel comfortable putting into that spot. So it, it, that was just about the worst possible injury for our team. And um, yeah, I mean, honestly, 
not not to wave a white flag, but I'm pretty happy with how my team has played to this point. And if we get bounced quickly here, it's not it's not a terrible season for us. I I'm already kind of preparing for a bloodbath. Well, listen, I, I can't speak for everybody in the league, but I'm pretty certain that I can speak for myself and Bill and say that uh, you definitely have two fans right here that are going to be cheering you on. Um, we have uh, we have the Will hats on, and uh, we're hoping you uh, you take it in, in seven. Nice yeah, long series, maybe some extra inning games. <laughs> hey, if it, mean, if, if it helps you, I, I think I last time I made the playoffs, I think I beat them in six. And I like to think Cascadia has a very similar team than me. Like, I feel like they hit better, yeah, whereas do. I feel a little better. Um, mm. But they're they're a team that I like watching. Um, so I, I think you you have the type of team, even though the regular season record may not show it. Um, I do think you can uh, surprise them. Well, one of the and things I will with- say, just for what it's worth, just for what it's worth, Corey, and I'll let you go here in a sec. But like, yeah. I mean, there's been years I've won 100 games, as you guys know. I do think that that hitting, for what it's worth, at times can be kind of spotty. I mean, we saw that with Paris. I think the, the, the things that typically hold pretty true in the playoffs is pitching and defense, which is what Bill always preaches. So I think anytime you have a decent rotation and you've got really good defense, I think you've got a shot. I mean, two years ago, I know everybody was, you know, gasping for air when, um, you know, Bill took Paris to game seven. And I, I think it was 100% on that defense and that pitching. So don't count yourself out. That's all I wanted to say because, you know, you can make quick work of Cologne. Um, you have, you know, that quote-unquote hot streak going. And, you know, you're just going to continue to roll those wins. Yeah, to, to, to kind of take a more serious look at what I do have going for me right now, since June 1st, we're seven games over 500. And to start the season, we made a couple of kind of risky moves. Uh, we moved Bowdry from the closer's role into a starter's role, and he did not take to that like a duck to water. He really struggled out of the gate. We put him back in the pen for a little bit, and then when it kind of looked like the season was well out of reach, we put him back in the rotation. So I kind of tinkered around with my, my pitching staff for a little bit there, and then called up uh, Phil LeBlanc, who got into 17 games, won seven of them, really impressive rookie. Um, Bob Gardner had another solid year. I mean, Four of my five starters really started to pitch a lot better uh, once we got past the all-star break. So you, you look at my team um, and the pitching has pitched phenomenally better after June 1st. Like we just, we went from being one of the worst rotations, worst bullpens in the, in the FRL to getting our head above water again. So if they can continue pitching the way they have, um, yeah, I got a shot, but it's, I expect a bloodbath. <laughs> And Gardner's been, I mean, for what it's worth, Gardner's been absolutely lights out versus uh, Vancouver this year. And he's got a 1.23 ERA. He's only given up one home run. So, I mean, you you at least have that going for you. Um, Gary, let me come over to you. What What's your thoughts on the matchups? Because, you know, on, on your side of the bracket, if you will, um, on the ARL side, they're, I mean, both of these series, it's like 5-6, six, 6-6. Six, six. So, I mean, these are quote-unquote matchups that could potentially go either way. Do you think that, that the, the, the team matchups, the team record versus each other, have a whole lot of um, impact? Or do you think, you know, it's, it's like a whole new season and it's really more indicative of where your team is at that moment? From, from I'm going to put two hats on. 
from, from a commissioner's standpoint, we had three teams over 500, one under, I'm, I'm sorry, three over 100 wins, one under 100 losses. That to me says parity. And when you have, when you have parity, matchups matter because not every team is strong in every area like Bill's Long Island team. I mean, they can field with, well, better than everybody times two. <laughs> uh, it's, it's like looking at, it's like looking at the Empire State Building and then the other buildings around them. It's, it's just, he's there and then everybody else, if they stand on their shoulders, still aren't there, but he doesn't hit. So there is a weakness there. And, and you can match up with certain teams, face certain other teams better than they do than they would a third team. So when, when you have parity, every team has a strength, every team has a weakness. And if you're, if you're built a certain way, you can exploit their weakness. You're just become their Achilles heel. Now for, for a team to win, like, like Cascadia being 12 games under 500 and they're going up against Vancouver, who is 10 and one against them this year. They need a lot of things to go right for them. And if Vancouver does Vancouver things, it doesn't matter what Cascadia does. However, if Vancouver doesn't, the door is open. So that's where, you know, you put on your, your, your GM hat. You got seven games. You only need four wins. Not that it's that easy because clearly I couldn't do it. But when you, when you take a look at that, it's, 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 it's the playoffs. You know what? Sabermetrics no longer matter. That, that Bill has a 72 defensive rating or his own rating for the season. It doesn't matter anymore. Does he get to the ball in the seventh inning with second and third? And if he does, does a run come home or does he get the out at first? Or does it squeeze through and two runs score? Because two runs is a ball game. So it's, it's, you, you still got to play the game, but sabermetrics get thrown out in the playoffs. Cascadia is there. Corey's there. He, he has a shot. And anybody who thinks he doesn't, uh, you know, there could be another surprise in the works. But Vancouver does Vancouver things. They're going to go. They're going to they're going to advance. And, you know, that goes the same thing for for Vegas. Um, if they do Vegas things, they're going to win. They won over 100 games. They have very few very little weaknesses and if they do their if they do what they're supposed to do they're not going to have a problem against palmetto however if palmetto steps up and vegas is ordinary you're looking at a different situation and vegas is not a shoo-in so yeah i think matchups matter however in the playoffs not so much all right, interesting boys. We've uh, we've kind of talked this uh, talked this horse uh, all the way into the ground. We're at that point. We're almost out of time. It's time to like now 
look at the individual matchups. We only got eight teams left that can win a PBA championship. And, and I want to start in the ARL. We have uh, Josh's Mountain Men versus Bob's Oakland Oaks. Uh, if, if I'm reading this correctly, it looks like, um, based off the information I'm seeing, that Bob is the home team, but it should be the Mountain Men, I would assume. Gary, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looks like the first game Oh, it's in Montana. I apologize. It is in Montana. So with that said, Corey, I want to go to you first. Josh is, is one of the few people from the uh, in the league that's made back-to-back, and I believe he did three years in a row, um, championships. Clearly knows what he's doing. Anybody who knows Bob knows the same thing, knows what he's doing. Two veterans of the game, and they, they literally series split 5-6. What's your thoughts on this series, and who do you ultimately think is going to win? Uh, I got to go with the Mountain Men on this one. They they just hit the crap out of the Oaks. Um, I think um, the fact that they didn't dominate more in the regular season is kind of shocking. Um, and yeah, Josh is uh, is very good GM, uh, a lot of experience. So I imagine he's made some adjustments to his lineup the way I did going in against Cologne. And I expect the Mountain Men to to go right through the Oaks pretty easily. All right. Uh, I'm going to come over to you, Bill. Save Gary for last. It's his uh, conference. Mountain Man versus the Oakland Oaks. Uh, how do you see this one playing out? And if you have a prediction as far as uh, how many games, feel free to provide that as well. Um, you know, in, in years past, I probably would have gone with the Oaks um, just because I think uh, the Oaks used to have a very strong pitching. Um, and I do think pitching... Uh, against Montana is uh, crucial. Um, So I do think the Mountain Men are probably going to pull this one off. Uh, I can't imagine Montana losing any games in Montana. Uh, So I would assume Montana will will win this in five, maybe six, if they'd like to give us some more revenue sharing. All right. Uh, I'm actually going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the Oakland Oaks. I, I, they actually impressed me versus uh, New York. New York has scored quite a few runs this year, and I and I feel like his pitching really stepped up. Chris Hill, Jack Daniels, uh, Jesse Rodriguez, or Jesus Rodriguez, excuse me. Um, I think I think uh, Bob's team is 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 just peaking at the right time, and those two infielders on the left side there. Uh, that he has in uh, Bradshaw, and I believe it's it's uh, Carteau or or something like that. Um, they're they're very good. So I'm going to go with Oakland in six. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Mountain Men are definitely going to get their hits, but ultimately, I think I think Oakland gets some more timely hitting. Gary, how do you see the series playing out? Uh, Oakland in six. Um... Okay. My, my park is not as small as Montana's is, and and he beat me like a rented mule. Um, if he hits like he hit against me, if he hits like that against anybody, it's not going to matter. Um, I, I, I see the run differential not being um, – defensively, I see it very equal. And I think Oakland can hit with them. So I'm going to go Oakland in six. All right. Corey, Palmetto and Vegas. I find this one interesting because as I know Gary said, if, if Vegas does Vegas things, it's not mm-hmm. going to matter. I totally see this one differently. 
The series is split 6-6. I basically see these two teams as almost on equal footing. I think Palmetto just got off to a really, really rough start to the year. Um, what's your thoughts on these two teams? I mean, you got Palmetto, that's kind of the up-and-coming team that's been harassing Vegas the last couple of years, and Vegas has kind of been the, uh, the, the king of the block, if you will, the last couple of years. How do you see the series playing out? Well, I think Palmetto's really up against it in this series. Again, it's um, it's a situation where the regular season, I think, can be a little bit misleading. I'm looking at uh, Palmetto's uh, pitching staff here, and like you've got Simons and Ray, and they they both have ERAs over five um, against the uh, Las Vegas Bandits. So, I mean, I, I'm looking at their pitching staff, but I'm not seeing a whole lot to like with how they fared against Las Vegas. Um, I think Vegas – you know, especially with uh, Paris now out, I think Vegas is is the team to beat. So, um, I again, I don't think this one is going to be as easy as say I think uh, Montana's series will go. But I, I think Las Vegas will take it, and I'll say in six games. All right, Bill, what's your thoughts? Um, you know they 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 went six and six against each other during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um. No, it's not necessarily a popular opinion, but I do like Palmetto's team. <laughs> um, I do. They've got a, a couple of guys that used to be on the on my team that, that we had made some trades, um, gave up some hitters for some pitching. So not that they've been performing well against uh, Las Vegas, but, you know, I don't know. I think maybe just to go against the green, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Palmetto in uh, – uh, I, I'm going to say seven only because Chris Jacobs has already pitched twice and he just pitched. So he's kind of starting in the middle of his rotation, I think. Okay. Gary, I'm going to come over to you. Um, same same question, same series, Palmetto versus Vegas. Vegas and six, but that doesn't mean Palmetto cannot win. For Palmetto to win this series – his guys have to stay hot. Foreign smoke and 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 Frank. How'd you say his name? Matry. Yeah. But they got to stay hot, and for them to win the series, they have to come out and ambush Vegas in Vegas. They need to take the first two games. If they don't take the first two games, um, it's Vegas and six. Yeah, you know what? I think that's actually a really good point, Gary, and that's actually what I was going to bring up. I, I think in order for Palmetto to have a chance in this series, I think they need to win at least one of the first two games. Um, and, you know, the, the Russian president has been doing fantastic things for Palmetto versus uh, Vegas. Uh, Putin has hit, hit five home runs this year uh, in the 12 games that he's played versus Vegas, but but ultimately – I think Vegas is just too tough top to bottom. Their defense, the, the, the way they produce runs. And I think Palmetto is still a younger team figuring things out. So I'm going to go Vegas, but I'm going to go Vegas in seven. Yeah, I um, mean. I think there is some parity, but I do think Vegas ends up locking this down. Yeah, I mean, you look at the run score, it's 50 runs difference over the course of the season. So that's a third of a run. We're not really right. talking. We're not really talking much with that. However, defensively, you're looking at almost a half a run. And and yeah. I, th- I, I think defend- if Vegas keeps Palmetto from doing what they want to do offensively, the series tilts that way. 
if Palmetto hits, and they probably will in a, at least three of the games, you got to figure Vegas is going to hit in three those same three games. Right. They don't see Palmetto shutting Vegas down. But okay. I can't see it and just for those of you that are keeping score at home, uh, Gary went uh, went with Vegas in six. I went Vegas in seven. Corey went uh, Vegas. Did you go Vegas in five or six, Corey? I said six. Okay, and then um, Bill, you went you went Palmetto in six, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's move over to the FRL side. Cascadia, the 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 Killers. We'll just call them right now after that first round <laughs> massacre. The Cascadia Killers versus the Vancouver Voodoo. Corey, we're going to save you for the end. We're going to give Gary the uh, the leadoff privileges since he's been batting uh, cleanup this entire time. How do you see this series playing out? What's your thoughts? All right. The Voodoo is going to cast a spell on the on Orca over there. and They're going to <laughs> let them win game three, but they're going to take one, two, four, and five. Okay. Sorry, so we Corey. got cast. Are we, we no. got Vancouver? Vancouver Thanks for giving me one. Five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bill, what's your thoughts? Cascadia versus Vancouver. Well, I'm looking at the season stats here. Uh, they were 10 and this, 1. It can't be that pretty. I, it's not. <laughs> um, like Vancouver's worst. Like, forget about the guy who pitched one inning with a nine ERA. His worst ERA was Asrat Uki. That's probably not how that's pronounced, but we're going to call him Asrat. Uh, who had 2.49 ERA. Okay. And that is like, that's the 11th worst pitcher. And that was 2.49. So I say that because by the law of averages, Cascadia must do better. Um, mm. And the last time I made the playoffs, I knocked out Vancouver in six. Um, like Boy, I said earlier. Huh? So you talking to yourself into something? Well, I am. Um, I think, uh, I'm, I'm going to go Cascadia in seven. Um, nice. just because I'm going with law of averages and I'm going with the, the, the only thing I think that can try to stop Vancouver is defense. Cascadia's got it, even without burner. Um, that does hurt though. Um, cause burner is probably my favorite player on his team. Um, so, Bill, where you're calling your shot, I have to ask you, that basically means that Cascadia has to win at least one game in Vancouver. So is it one of the first two or the last two? I'm letting you call your shot. Um, well, if he's picking Cas- Cascadia, it better be seven. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why yeah, it's definitely Cascadia. I think he'll win one of the first two because um, I think he's going to okay. have he's going to have the top of his rotation. I mean, obviously, Vancouver is as well. Um, I, I, I think he, he I, it depends what the rotation looks like for Vancouver. I think Cascadia is going to beat Uki whenever he throws him. Wow. Um, I don't think he'll beat Vaughn. Be um, Saunders is out. That actually, that hurts Vancouver quite a bit. Um, so Vancouver did lose one of their top two pitchers. So, 
Yeah, that's that's, uh, that's what we're going with. Actually, and I, I can't imagine this is going to stay, but Vancouver's got some, I'm guessing he's a rookie scheduled for game one, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. But Cascadian seven, baby. All right, I thought I was going to be the, uh, the the optimistic one, but clearly Bill is. I was going to say Vancouver in six. I, I think I think Cascadia is going to win two games, um, and I think it'll be it'll be two of the three games at home. I think the series ends up going back to Vancouver. Um, I think they they played pretty well in the postseason, and as Corey mentioned, since June first, they're a above five hundred team. I, I don't see any way that Vancouver just sweeps them out of the playoffs. Or even four and one, like uh, Gary said, it's possible. But I think he, I think Corey's team probably gets at least two games, uh, and, and it'll be interesting. He'll have to at least sweat a little bit as they uh, they take the flight back to Vancouver. So I'm going to say Vancouver in six. Corey, what's your thoughts? I think Vancouver is going to pay for their overconfidence. I think that's what's <laughs> going to happen. That's right. I think. They're sitting at home right now, letting all that rust collect on them, thinking they've got this series. And I'm playing that up by saying it's going to be a bloodbath. But uh, I think there is something to be said for momentum. And I actually do think there is something to be said for having some rust on you. Um, you know, obviously, when guys get injured, you want to rehab them in the minors to get that rust off. Um, spring training, you want to get guys innings to get that rust off. I think, I think the game will actually... Um, play out that way i think vancouver could be a little sleepy in the first two games and i think we can uh, ambush them i think we can get out to maybe even a 2-0 shocker and then we're going back home and and yeah i can see i can see this one going seven games and i can see potentially how we could shock the world so i'm gonna go cascadia in seven on the backs of uh, mm. series mvp you heard it here first prediction for the series mvp stepan gert there you go Matt, I was I was really I was expecting after all that buildup, I was really expecting you to say back to back sweeps. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm almost disappointed he didn't say it. Right? He was all the momentum. Throw down like, the gauntlet, oh, right? About, yeah, what's that what's rest. that meme? He talked about the momentum. <laughs> Will that meme okay, call guys, an ambulance? But not for me. Right. Right. It'll be a bloodbath, Last but not for Long Island versus uh, Seattle. Uh, Gary, I'm going to let you start this one off. The one thing about these two teams, regardless if they're a, uh, a wild card or a division winner, literally within one game um, of each other record-wise. So, I mean, they're pretty pretty even on paper. What, what What's your guys' thoughts? Gary, you go ahead and start. Uh, I'm going to go Seattle in six. And okay. that means, that right means each starting pitcher gets to pitch once. Yes. So you can have your six man rotation. Um, nice. Seattle scored way too many runs. Um, and defensively, Long Island gets some runs back, but it's not enough to offset what they're going to give up. All right. Well, we'll take it. The Sharks need all the fans we can get. Corey, I'm going to come over to you. What's your thoughts on this particular series, Shark versus Long Island? Well, I think Long Island's similar to my team in that it's defense and solid pitching. And and I think, you know, when you make it uh, into the playoffs with the 11th 
you know, total runs in the FRL, clearly your strength is not your hitting. Um, and again, if I, you know, a division winner, I, I, I think the pedigree's there. I think, uh, I think Long Island can take this, but I think it's going to be a really, really close series. And I, I think I'm going to go seven games for Long Island in this. Mm. See, look, at, I didn't hear anything about the rust or the momentum. <laughs> or... <laughs> okay. All right. Where's, call the ambulance. Remember, just not for me. Uh, yeah. Bill, uh, age before beauty, I'm going to give you the honor, sir. Uh, Long Island versus the Sharks. What, what's your thoughts on this? Um, now, I will say, just in case anybody is listening, rust is a real thing in the game. I just don't think it's uh, real for the playoffs. There is actual uh, a rust thing for spring training. Uh, so in case anybody was wondering, that is actually a, something you do want to get your players uh, playing time before the season. Um, you know, I, I, I joked about it in the chat the other day. Um, I've been to the playoffs twice before. Uh, Paris is the only team to knock Long Island out. Uh, and they're not here anymore. So <laughs> something's going to have to change, right? Like... Uh, no, I, I feel good. Uh, I feel good with, with Freeman being out. Uh, he's out for a week. So uh, Chris Martin, he'll be injured. Got to drag game this two. thing out, right? Um, I think uh, I'm thinking uh, Long Island. Uh, it's probably going to be in five, but uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go six just to bring it back to. Oh, Long we've Island. already got the listen. We've already got the bulletin board material. Don't back it down now. Yeah, I, well, I'm going to bring it back to six so I can get one more home game. So. All right. And, and, and what is the reason, because you're the GM, what is the reason that, that Long Island uh, eventually wins in five, I mean, six games? Um, well, I just have, I have faith that we can give up less runs. Well, that too. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, you know, just like in real life, you know, playoffs are a, a, a different animal. Um, every game I play, I feel like if I score three or four runs, I should win. Um, yeah. scoring, scoring three or four runs is a challenge. Um, we only hit 100. We had, we had more stolen bases than home runs this year. Um, well, the 85 Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, we... Only it because took us, Bill uh... brought this up, but just just to put this in perspective, so I haven't added up the at bats, but I'm just quickly looking at them. You probably have I'm going to say roughly 220 at bats versus Seattle, and they've hit three home runs total in like 220 four. at bats. We have four oh, home runs. I'm sorry, four. Yeah, and, and Jordan Alcorn in 25 at bats has three home runs. <laughs> So the so the long ball, as you said, is is probably not the way that you win. But I do I can that Long Island. If you if you walk them, they will be at third base relatively quickly. Yeah, we we uh, we do like to play a little small ball. Except uh, apparently my bench coach has control over stealing, so we don't steal as much as I would like. So even though we led the the league, um, well. But yeah, I think it's going to be a heck of a series. I really do. I mean, you know what? I'm actually really glad that we're playing this series. Um, um, I, 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 I think the teams, I think the teams are, it's, it's going to make for an incredible series, like you said. And 
you know, my thing was, which you've also alluded to, we've never, we've never played each other before in the playoffs, um, which I also think, you know, kind of adds an, another element. Um, so I put, as Gary knows, because the, the commissioner had to basically okay it through the uh, sports book, uh, I put 100 points on Seattle to win it all about two and a half weeks ago when the when the odds, I think, were 14, 14, or 1,200 to one or something like that. Like, I put down 100 points to win 1,200 or 1,400. So I can't back off now. So only because you you had to, to, to be, you know, kind of go that, that route. I'm going to say Seattle wins in five. I mean, six. I mean, five. Um, and I think whoever wins I, is going to be six. You know what? If it goes six either way, we're getting we're getting pretty good uh, we're getting pretty good action. It's good for the league and and uh, you know I, I I really do think even though I know your team's more defensive and mine's more offensive, I really do think it comes down to the pitching. Um, you know, for me, my big three are Batista, Tharp, and Bowers. For you, I think you would say probably Utley, Brinson, and who's your third? Is it Parker Fields? Yeah, um, you, uh, you know that's an excellent question. Uh, Park had the but, better year, but uh, I don't think Park's currently think my fifth starter. I think it comes down to like those those guys, right? Like if the starters can do, you know, as Gary said, starter things. Like if we can go twenty-two innings of of no, you know, of no, no runs scored, or or even you know, if you will, for for Long Island, you know, if they, if their guys can give up two runs or less, it's gonna be it's gonna be anybody's series, you know. So it's 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 gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously, I'm confident in my guys. I feel pretty good about the matchup. I wish my number one pitcher wasn't out. I wish Johnny Freeman wasn't out, but I, I'm sure you know Mark Mark would have similar things to say. I'm sure uh, Gary would have similar things to say. We all have to play the series with the guys that we have, so. Um, that is just about all the time that we have here. I do want to thank the uh, general managers that took the time to uh, stop by the uh, PBA Poddammit podcast today. Um, and before they go, I do want to give them an opportunity just to give one final thought. And if you don't have anything, you could just kind of maybe comment on what your thoughts were on this uh, this crazy season. Corey, I'll start with you. Well, uh, yeah, it was a crazy season. I didn't make a lot of changes going in and was kind of surprised to find myself so far out of it. Um, sold off one of my starters uh, thinking I wasn't going to make the playoffs and then, you know, kind of caught a little lightning in the bottle. So, like I said earlier, it's it's a successful season for us because we got back to the playoffs and we won around. And uh, I'm pretty happy with being in the, in the place I'm at right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, good luck to the rest of you guys in the playoffs. I don't I don't think I'm going to be around much longer, but uh, if I am, it's going to be a season for the ages. So uh, good luck the rest of the way, guys. All right, Corey, thank you so much. Definitely appreciate you. Uh, Bill, same question to you. Thoughts on the season? Anything you want to you want to say here before we head out of the studio? Um, well, thoughts on the season? I definitely rode uh, a, a fantastic April. <laughs> uh basically we we didn't necessarily pit, play great uh the second half of the season but we played about 500 ball um and obviously in my league that was perfectly acceptable um or my division um 
still, you know, my, my I don't know why my team's not hitting as well as I expect them to probably cause they're all rookies. Like they're, they're still really young. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how things go. Uh, uh, I, I probably am going to try to go with that six man rotation just so Brinson can mm. hit five times. Um, which is why he's playing pitching game one is just so that I don't have to sit him two games right off the bat. Uh, so I, it, that's probably one of the more frustrating things to maneuver. Uh, I'm going to try to finagle it with my pitching rotation. So maybe I can, with the day off, he doesn't have to sit out that game five or whatever. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. All right. Yeah, no, Thank I, you very uh, much. I, and I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, this, at least making the playoffs, this should bump up my franchise point total uh i think gary will get a good bump for his franchise point total as well oh we'll see i mean another first gary oh that's true yeah coming over to you what's what's your thoughts on this uh this crazy year it's been a pretty good one for the bombers uh, outside of the last week and then uh anything you you'd like to throw out there here before we head out no, it was uh, from from a team standpoint. It was a great year. Won ninety six games. Won a uh, a one sixty three. Um, picked up about thirteen million in revenue sharing or in playoff revenue. So that was good. But honestly, what what you know what I look at is how long this group has been together. And four seasons, we're just shy of a full calendar year that we've kept all 24 GMs together, uh, for better or for worse. But, I mean, I love what we got here. Um, we, got, we got the perfect mix of everybody, the talent level, the, the, the knowing of the game. Everybody's pretty much on, on equal footing. So uh, it's just, I'm ecstatic with what we have and that everybody wants to be here. Um, to me, wanting and needing to be here. Those are, those are two things. And I said this on Friday when I put the thing up. I am a big want guy. Don't need to be here. I don't need anybody to need to be here. I want you to want to be here. Because when you want to be here, you take part in things and you start, you know, you, you, you start a sports book, you, you do podcasts, you start joining in, you start commenting on them. I mean, everybody does different things for different reasons. So that's my, uh, that's my big thing. So thank you, everybody. Wait, thank I you, just Gary. want to tell you guys, Gary, absolutely. I just want to tell all you guys, a Thank you, Corey, Bill, and Gary, for, for stopping by and, and taking time out of your day. Also want to give a special thanks and a special shout out to, uh, to you, Gary, for the incredible work and the commitment and the time that you invest in this league to make this league what it is. I can't speak for everybody, but I know at least half the GMs in the league, including myself, Bill, and, and others, um, play in multiple leagues. And without a doubt, if I had to let them all go but one, um, the PBA is the league that uh, I would choose to stay in because of the, the connections that I've made, because of the rivalries, 
because of, you know, just how difficult uh, the, the challenges, the ups and downs are uh, year in and year out to make the playoffs, to kind of grind. And, and, you know, like you said, if, if you win a PDA championship, like you've truly earned it, you know, there's, there's some leagues that I've joined that like within two years, I won a championship and you just, you don't feel like you earned it. And the PDA, if you win a championship, like you, you truly earned it. And uh, I, I definitely look forward to, uh, you know, playing, playing many more seasons moving forward to you guys. Gary, thank you so much for, uh, for everything you do for the league. Oh, my yeah. pleasure. Thank you for the very kind words. Yeah. All right, guys, so that's all the time we have. Um, I, did, I did, like I said, I just want to say thank you once again to Corey, Bill, and Gary for uh, them being gracious enough for their time to stop by the PBA Poddana podcast. We hope you enjoyed this uh, PBA playoff edition of the PBA Poddana podcast. That's all the time we have today. Have a great day. Yeah.